Welcome to the Everyday Fitness and Wellbeing Podcast. In this episode, I speak to a person described by the Times as a bloke from Manchester with a shrewd business brain, who Theo Pafitis of Dragon's Den fame calls a Northern Anthony Robbins. So I invite you to make your mind up, uh, dodge the occasional swear word, and have a listen to a conversation I had with the one and only Brad Burton. We talk motivation, health, priorities, excuses, and the story behind this multiple author businessman and UK's number one motivational speaker. Brad, hi, brilliant. Thanks for uh, taking time out to do this. Um, good stuff. Now, I, I met you around three years ago at a business conference um, in London. Okay. Well, to be honest with you, you delivered a powerful speech, which it, it left an impression on me and it left uh, the audience highly motivated. Um, so, so I can see why you have the title, the UK's number one motivational speaker. Yeah. But for the listeners out there, can you, can you tell us, well, what, what, what does the UK's most number one motivational speaker do? I mean, how did it all start as well? Well, listen, you know what? Uh, people ask me, Brad, how did you become the UK's number one motivational business speaker? And the reality is, Sean, I just made a website and said I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And I'm telling you something. Here's the thing. You know, there was no league table for UK's uh, motivational business speakers. And I'm thinking, if I asked 100 people who the, the number one was uh, in America, everyone would say Anthony Robbins. No question about it. That's right. 99.9%. You ask that same question in the UK, and everyone would be scratching their heads Right, and everyone would be, um, you know, thinking, give me different names. So I thought, well, those shoes, it's a bit like seeing a £20 note in a nightclub on the floor. You know, pick it up or don't complain when somebody else does. And I just saw an opportunity. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I couldn't, um, three or four years ago, I probably couldn't refer to myself as such because I couldn't have pulled it off. But right now I'm getting booked by the likes of Sage, JCB, the NHS. I'm the keynote speaker at the, uh, the largest business show in Europe. You know, I'm, I'm doing okay on that front, and I've got four books. Um, so how it all started for me was uh, 12 years ago, I told my employer to shove his job up his ass. I walked out of a job, uh, £25,000 in debt, a wife that wanted me to go and get a proper job. And it was, um, yeah, it was a daunting time to start my own business off. And uh, it culminated in me delivering pizzas, funny enough, over <laughs> in a, a seaside village over here called Burnham on Sea. I absolutely delivered pizzas to keep my business afloat. And the reason I'm saying that, Sean, is that in order to get to be where you want to get in your life, you're going to have to do shit you don't want to do. In my case, it was delivering pizzas. So over the course of the last 12 years, I've built up a business which is called Four Networking, a multi-million pound business, run over 5,000 networking events across the UK, written four books, um, and I get booked by these amazing companies, you know, these global companies, these billion-dollar companies. And that's why I call myself the UK's number one motivational business speaker. But the, here's the thing. You know, if I said to you, I am the greatest, I am the greatest, which boxer am I referring to? There's got to be Ali. Yeah. Ali, the greatest of all time. Let me tell you something, Sean. The reason that we refer to Muhammad Ali as the greatest of all time is that 40 years ago, he referred to himself as the greatest of all time. Now, this is the thing. If he'd not done that, do you honestly think that 40 years on we'd be going out Muhammad Ali is the greatest? Or do you believe that we'd be saying, well, I think that Floyd Mayweather is or... And that's what, what he's done. He's, took, he's taken it off the table. And that's what I've done with the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And I'm getting booked as such. Fair play. 
Fair play. But regardless, but back then when I first met you, I uh, I say met you. I was there in the audience, and I I met you afterwards because uh, well, I was converted. I went and bought the book, and <laughs> and uh, actually talking of books, as you say, you're author of uh, four. I thought it was five actually. Yeah, but you've you've got a new one out. In fact, that's right. Um, and so far, I'm. I'm still to get a, uh, go through the others, but uh, the one I'm referring to is Life, Business... Business just got easier, which is my third book. I see, I see. And I, I found it, to be honest, I found it very honest, mm. obviously inspirational. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a flick through again um, last night, in fact, in pre- preparation for, to, for today, and I, and I will have to reread it. I'm not blowing smoke up your backside, but I will have to reread it again because, uh, you know, there's some good stories there. Um, and, and stories are what can help with paradigm shifts, um, you know, with. Sean, that's a, that's a really good angle that you just come up with. See, that's all I've ever done is be a storyteller, whether it's being a 15 year old kid telling stories or whatever. And I realized that somebody wrote the other day about my new book on now what uh, that online that they said um, they don't normally like non fiction books. But your books really captivated me. And I said, the reason behind it is that actually every single one of us has non-fiction stories. The difference is we don't share them. And I've been yeah. daft enough to share them. When you just said then, you know, you were brutally honest in, in that book, is that's all I've ever been. Because I've got nothing to hide anymore. There's no skeletons in my cupboard. I've told everyone every element of my life, the goods, the bad, the bad, the bad, the ugly, the downs, the downs, and the ups. And I think that's the difference. I think my story is everyone's story. That actually, the danger is that what's happened, as you look at the likes of The Apprentice and you look at the likes of um, uh, Dragon's Dead, and you think that business success is having big opulence and you know, Rolls Royce Phantoms and uh, big glass offices. That's not my definition of success. What my definition of success is, is my uh, daughter watching Paw Patrol. You know, <laughs> spending time there, skimming pebbles. It is not having a Range Rover Sport outside anymore, right? Because I realised that, that actually that kind of stuff doesn't make you happy. And that's what now what's about. It's about actually taking stock of your life ahead of the point when actually you really need to take stock of your life. Because the only time that we've asked that question, now what? The only time is when we're dealing with the bereavement. A health yeah. scare. We've just lost a job. We just, you know, didn't get a mortgage. Whatever. That's the only time we ask it. And what I'm urging people to do is ask that question. Now what? Ahead of the time when they actually need to ask that question. Now what? Right. Right. There's a lot there. There's a lot there, and certainly um, food for thought. So you've been quite philosophical there about your your view of business, but uh, and it must have been quite a journey, I guess, really. Totally. I mean, you know, I've had um, the whole thing where I've been racked with self-doubt. And, you know, I'm making this up as I go along, Sean. In fact, we're all making it up as we go along in every element of our life. This is the first time in my life that I've ever been 43 years old, you know, in December, whatever date it is today. Same goes for you. Mm. And what happens is you look at the likes of Instagram and you look at the likes of Twitter and social media and think that everyone else's life is perfect. You know, mm. I, I never um, post a picture of me feeling depressed. On Instagram, and you know, hashtag depressed. <laughs> Nobody does that. All it does, but it's true, right? Yeah. And this is the thing. So you end up, you end up painting a picture that everyone else is, is is perfect in everyone else's life, and it's a really dangerous place to be in. And I've realised something that actually um, life isn't perfect. And once you accept that that life isn't perfect, things start. 
been going easier. It's when you start looking at everyone else's life and thinking, well, I don't have a Lamborghini, I don't have a Ferrari, therefore I'm a failure. Bullshit. You know, mm. I consider myself um, right now to be really fortunate because I got to that stage where uh, I was chasing stuff. I thought that the more stuff that I had, the happier I would become. And, you know, that's what now it's about. It's about, you know, taking stock of it because what happens is we say... Our life's going to be good when you get a 14-inch television. You get a 14-inch television and say, well, actually, I want a 50 now, then a 60, then an 80, then yeah. a 100, then a 100-inch one that's curved, then you want 4K. And it never ends, and you spend your life chase, 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 chase. And then you get to the end of your life, and that's it. And mm. what I'm suggesting is that this whole thing, Sean, is that we start looking uh, more introspectively on ourselves and start being thankful for what we've got rather than what we've not. And now this is a completely unique approach to, to personal development, yeah. Because you look at, like I say, look at it like The Apprentice, you look at it like at Dragons, then it's win at all costs. Well, that's not what I'm about. It's more more gratitude, I guess, of uh, yeah. and appreciating, it, it, you know, appreci yeah, appreciating the, the smaller things. Um, well, sure, I think, I think, don't get me wrong, I'd rather have more money than less, right? That's the reality. So if I was pressing buttons to say more money or less, I'd be pressing the more money. But there's a price to pay. For, uh, for for money and sometimes it's being away from your children sometimes it's it's you know not watching Paw Patrol sometimes it's not uh, missing your kids sports day you know one of the yeah, things I talk about yeah. one of the things I talk about in this book now what is that um, I was at my boys sports day this summer just gone Brandon seven years now yeah and uh it was at his egg and spoon race. And anyway, just before it started, I started picking up an email or a tweet or something. I'm just finishing that tweet off. And then there's a big round of applause and a whistle blown. And I have no idea whether my boy came first, last, third, second, fifth. Oh. Now, that to me, if you said to me, what was the email that I was sending, I've got no idea. Oh. You said, I you <laughs> sorry, sorry to groan, but yeah, I feel, I feel your pain there. Well, yeah, and, and actually... Um, I can send an email five minutes later, but what I can't do is see Brandon's egg and spoon race when he's seven years old. So I'm a dickhead for that. Did I say I'm a dickhead? No, that's the thing, though, Sean. I think I'm as guilty as the next man. So for all my now what life business just got easier, we're fallible as humans. And once you realise that you're fallible as humans, you're less inclined to beat yourself up. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Again, it's just as uh, I heard you way back when, very honest, right. very, very non-conformist. I think that stuck out when I sat there in the audience. You weren't all suited and booted, even at a, a business show. Um, no, Sean, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something about that. We spend so much time conforming, right, to what we believe you should do. So therefore, if you look at whenever I've gone for an interview in the old days, I'd wear a three-piece suit and a pocket watch because that's what professional people do. So consequently, everyone else in that room is wearing a three-piece suit and a pocket watch, and everyone's individuality is being sapped. So you end up being something you're not in order to win a job, which actually, you're then having to act in order to perform and, and, and be you. And that's the, the tip here, is be you. And if people don't like you for being you, fucking next. <laughs> but we end up spending... It's true. You know, we end up spending, even if you're spending 20% of your time being something you're not, that means you're only 80% being you. And that means 80% effective. Whereas if someone like me, who is 100% me 100% of the time, I will beat that person to the punch every single time because I'm not having to uh, filter what I say. I'm not going to have to, to put it through and say, okay, is this the, the, is this the role that I'm playing here as a professional businessman or whatever it is? Brad, there's, uh, there's so, many, so many questions I could ask, really. Um, <laughs> I, I, we, we, we could fill a part two, uh, to be honest, <laughs> if, you know, if you've got time. But today... 
Um, today, I'm, I'm thinking of sticking to a theme of motivation. All right. I mean, I, I started off introducing you as the number one motivational speaker. And I want to stick with this theme of motivation because at this time of year, or certainly as we enter the Christmas holidays, people, they're already got in the back of their mind, right, I'm going to start the new year. It's going to be, there's this uh, slogan sometimes used in the fitness industry. of new year, new me. You took it, the words out of my mouth. So, so I've got a few quick fire, if you don't mind, a few quick fire questions on on motivation and i'm going to start with you you're honest so i'm no doubt going to get a honest answer here what motivates you and has it changed from those early days great question sean so back in year one i wanted a um uh, what a, a 10 bedroom mansion an apache gunship with hellfire rockets <laughs> an olympic sized swimming pool just shit and actually it's only when you realise that that stuff doesn't give you any sort of um, joy. Now, I've got a friend of mine who's got £20 million worth of supercars, and on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being happy, 1 being miserable, guess where he is, Sean? Uh, so you're pretty much middle or lower? or Try 2, Sean. So he's, he's, a, he's a 2. Right? So guess what he does to, to increase his happiness? Buy another supercar. Get that quick on order. Right, The new special edition. And he's broken. Right, And I think... That's what I was on. I didn't realise that that wasn't the right, um, what I was about. But my motivation has changed massively. I wanted a 10-bedroom mansion. Now I've actually bought, I've lived in Masonettes all my life, right? I've come from, um, you know, a council estate background. And now I've got a five-bedroom house over in Somerset. Five-bedroom. I have one room that I don't go in. If I had realised my dream and worked towards my dream of a 10-bedroom mansion, guess what? I'd have six rooms that I didn't go in. Yeah. And then you realise the futility of what you're actually chasing. You need to make certain that what you're chasing is exactly what you want. So my motivation now, bear in mind, over the last 12 years, I've worked to quit 11 times. I've got as close as any single individual listening to this has got 11 times uh, I wanted to quit. And the only reason I didn't quit is because I promised my son, baby Ben, when I was delivering pizzas, that I was going to go and take him to Disney World. Now, I am 31-year-old delivering pizzas at £5.90 an hour, cash in hand. Can edit that. And I said to my boy, as a one-year-old, I'm going to take him to Disney World. You know, people think I was tapped in the head. Anyway, I've taken him to Disney World for the last eight years on the balance of my family. And I also promised my mum I'd buy a private health care. She's 72 now. I pay £174 a month, I think it is, for a private health care. So I know my barometer of success. If I'm taking my kids to Disney World... And if I'm buying my mum private healthcare, then I'm doing okay. So it's no longer about Range Rover Sports with car exhausts and sports kits. It's now more about stuff that I, or, or things or experiences that really are going to be those things that on my dying breath are things that we've talked about doing. It's certainly not going to be, oh, we should have got a Range Rover Sport with a quadruple exhaust. Wow, wow. So value, certainly life values there uh, are high up on the priority. I say life values, would you say, I know it sounds like an obvious, obvious answer, but life and business, now is it similar in business, the motivation, kind of entwined with these goals? Absolutely, sure. The best way to describe this, if you imagine if you can, an empty pint pot, right, in front of you, and then to the left and the right of that pint pot is a half pint pot filled with water, right, one's business, one's life, Right. if you put those in the pint that's exactly what my life's about. Because what I do is people say, God, Brad, you're so busy. Well, here's the thing. You know, my idea of a workday is not nine till five, 
30. So what happens is the old days, I'd sit there employed at 20 past five thinking, fucking hell, I've got another 10 minutes to go here. And I'd sit there pretending to work right in the quick brown lazy fox jumps up the head. I would, I remember doing it over and over again. And then you think, oh, only another 10 minutes. And then at 5.29, you, th- you, put, you put your jacket on and piss off. That's not, that's not what being an entrepreneur is about. So what I will do is I will find, um, if I can't be bothered working at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll be honest with myself and say, right, I'm going to go and play some computer games. Then if I want to work at seven o'clock at night, I'll go and do the same. So my, I get optimum amount of activity out of every single day. I get 100% activity out of every single minute of every single day because I will only do what I want to do. And I think that to me is that whole life business, um, uh, that blur between um, you know working, uh, working and, and, and enjoying life. So that's why I genuinely believe that my life flows so well because I don't have this this cut off that that's work and that's business. They're one in the same completely. Oh, there's going to be some listening though. Not not to be negative, but there will be some listening who will say, "Oh, well, Brad, you know, I can't do that. You know, I've got my nine to five, or or you know, they may not be in business per se, but you know, um, they they may but feel." Listen. Sure, sure. Let me explain what I was told. I was told that I couldn't start a business off. I didn't have any working capital, £25,000 in debt. I was told by my wife to go and get a proper job. I was told by a literary agent that I couldn't call a book, get off your ass. I was told that I would never get it published. I was told that I would never get it in Waterstones. My books have all been published all in Waterstones. I was told that I couldn't become a motivational speaker. I'd never get booked, say, JCB, the NHS, and the list goes on. So, you know, yes, you can get this whole thing where you're actually told, you know, that, yeah, you can't do it that way. And, and for some conventional businesses, absolutely, I get it that some bosses wouldn't appreciate that. And not everyone can be trusted in all fairness on that, on that front. But that's the problem. That is the problem right now is that we end up conforming and doing shit that we don't want to do and then end up being something that we're not um, because of the rules and, and, and you know, a framework around us. So, yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't work for everyone. But that is why I get super efficiency out of my day because I do what I want when I want. And actually, I get the job done. And that applies to every one of my team as well. So, you know, genuinely, there's no point in grinding out and pretending that you're working. Don't, I'm just, you know, from, from everyone's perspective, be really honest about it and say, look, you know, I'm not in any mindset to work here. No problem. Done. Gone. As long as the job gets done, I don't give a shit. Fair play. Okay. Don't want to show people think I'm crazy. I'm the one who's got this right. You know, I'm the one who's got this right. I'm serious. But this is this brave new world of in business. And I believe that in the same way that I've, I've created with for networking, you know, the National Business Networking Organization have disrupted the entire marketplace by going into the space, by doing things differently, not differently just for the sake of doing things differently, but doing things differently and better. You know, if you look at um, the, the speaking, I've done it differently and better. If you look at the way that I've done the books, differently and better. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that I'm now getting people copying my style. People are copying my network. People are copying my book, the, the way that I've written my books. People are copying my style as a speaker. And that's, you know, when you start on anything that's new or fresh, people say you're mad, you're mad, you're mad, you're mad. And then when it works, Brad Burton, networking genius, on a double page spread in the Times. You mm. know, and this is what I'm trying to say. It's only a daft idea if it doesn't work. Sure. And actually, all my stuff is working. Excellent. So then, who inspires you? Obviously not the guys on The Apprentice. <laughs> but, but, but let's say... <laughs> But let's, uh, let's say who, uh, although, although Lord Sugar is uh, from humble backgrounds, so, uh, um, you know, I... It does not, in any way or form, inspire me, right? Because that isn't success. Working 80-hour weeks forevermore, I don't give a shit how big your car is, how big your office is, that's not success. So I'll tell you who, who, who fires me up. Um, back in the day, 
I was unemployed. I've done four years on benefits, right? So I understand what it's like to live on £36 a week. I understand what it's like to have no electricity. I completely, and I never forgot that. But what happened with me was back in 1997, um, Tony Blair got into office, and within 10 days, I got myself a job as a shop manager. So I'd been long-term employed for probably 18 months, two years. And it was that whole thing that things can only get better and that euphoria. And actually, yeah. once you ignite someone's belief that things can be better and that you can do anything you want. So for me, a big role model of mine was Tony Blair. Now, I realised that, you know, there's things going on in his uh, office that perhaps not as great as it once was. And, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. But you said to me, my biggest influence in my life, Tony Blair, he, he showed me the way that you can do things differently, that you can get a soundbite culture, that you can have an open shirt policy to, to government and office, and you can run. And I copied uh, my business for networking on Tony Blair's new labour. I wanted him to, uh, sorry, I wanted to look, make the, the competition look old-fashioned and funny, did it? So Tony Blair, massive uh, influence on me, as was Steve Jobs. Once again, you look at what Steve Jobs, no T-shirt, no t he'd wear his polo neck, his trainers, his cheap trainers and his jeans, and that's it. And nobody went, oh, well, I'm not going to work with Steve Jobs because he's not wearing a three-piece suit and a pocket watch. This guy was an innovator. But one of the things that, where I, I look at these guys who are innovators and, and who are hyper-successful, one of the things where I think they go wrong is they keep going. They keep being busy. They, they free up the time to then be more busy. Well, actually, that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm freeing up my time to, to ensure that I am more effective. So rather than, let's say, doing 30 speaking gigs, uh, a, a month. I'd rather do ten that paid as much as thirty. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit smarter about my time now. Sure. So inspiration to me, Tony Blair, um, Steve Jobs. But what I will say is, I find inspiration and motivation in everything. See, I had a nervous breakdown about four years ago. I'm all right now, Twitch. Oh, um, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, I am. Sure. But, but what happened is, as a result of that, I actually started looking at the world differently, and I find joy in a flower, in a spring flower, or the, the squirrels that come and eat the nuts over near the office. You know, genuinely, I find inspiration in everything that I see, everything that I walk past, everything that I read. I'm like that computer out of um, short circuit film. I just find inspiration in everything. I will find joy in everything. And it sounds a little bit airy-fairy, but bear in mind I'm from Salford, Manchester, so I'm hardly a hippie. Yeah, but sure, I just look, sure. at, Sorry, I look at the world differently now, Sean. <sighs> wow. Do you, do you reckon kids have done that to you? Good call. So what I will say, what I will say, what I will say, Sean, is that my life turned around when um, my life turned around when 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 Baby Ben came along. Because for the first time in my life, it was no longer about me. Because when it was about me, I'd get paid on Friday, go out and get shit faced, and be skinned on, on Monday. Mum can I borrow a tenner, right? Yeah. And yeah. my. My focus was on short-term, short-term, short-term. I'm feeling pissed off, so I need to get over this short-term thing. And the point where my life started coming around and, and, and fixing up was when I started focusing on the medium and long-term. The yeah. medium and long-term. And that requires you to, to, to in the short-term, to do uncomfortable things to get to. But once you reach a medium and long-term, everything's gravy. So, yes, definitively, Baby Ben came along. Me delivering pizzas was a turning point for this new Brad that we see now. Right, right. Okay, look, that's a lot of energy uh, and mental focus and stamina uh, to stay on top of your game. But listening to what you just said there, instead of doing the f- 20 speaking gigs in a, yep. in a month, you, you've reduced it down. But regardless of that, how, how do you look after yourself to keep this, this energy, this, this you know, 
pumped up, you know. Well, you know, Sean, listen, as a fitness professional, you'd appreciate me having five cans of Red Bull a day in KFCs, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, you know, Sean, I'll be honest with you. So going back to that whole piece about the nervous breakdown time about four years ago, I was um, going 100 mile an hour with my business focused on business success, business success, business success. And my priority list was in one, two, and three. My number one was business, two was family, three was health. And I was powering myself forward with ginster's pasties, three to five cans of Red Bull a day, partying on expenses, blah, 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 uh, 40,000 miles a year. I was three stone heavier, 17 stone three, maybe two stone heavier than what I am now. 17 three I was, but a horrible 17 three. I wasn't happy with myself. In fact... I didn't know if I'm so that's unfair to say I wasn't happy. I didn't realize it's not like it's funny how your 44 inch waist sort of sneaks up on you. Yeah. Um, but what happened was my priorities, like I say, were all twisted. Now, my doctor said to me, Hey, Brad, you're borderline diabetic. And I ended up saying to him, <laughs> Only fat people get diabetes. And he said, Wow, oh, you are fat. Yeah. And um, I ignored that warning. And six months later, bloods came back. You've got type 2 diabetes. And he rang me up, I had a 15-second phone call, I put the call down, and within, as soon as that phone went down, that was it. I did six months of no cheat meals, well, sorry, three cheat meals in six months, three. Uh, water, water every single day, not the Red Bull on the head, blah, 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 blah. And mm. I got my bloods back down to a level which is I don't need medication, I never needed medication. And I go to the gym now, and I start focusing on, on, on the gym. Now, my priorities now, I've been four years on from that, is one health two family, three business, which is a complete turnaround from where it was before because something's got to give. So I go to the gym now four times a week and I I dick about, right? So I'm being really honest there. You know, I've got friends of mine who are bodybuilders and they, it's amazing, you know, they go and give you like a a, a 10 key weight and tell you to do um, bicep curls and you do it and then they say, right, Turn your hand three percent that three degrees that way, and the next thing you go, oh my god, how have you managed to stack weight on something this? So I know I'm cheating at it, right? And this is I'm looking at your pitch now, Sean, and you've got yourself a kettlebell there. You know, I see people throwing these kettlebells around, and there's me as a fifteen and a half stone Mancunian struggling with a twelve. You know what I mean? So I keep I keep myself I keep myself in reasonable shape. I'm not perfect. I'm not an angel. But what I will say is that this week, um, literally Friday, I was trying to take a selfie or do a video, and I couldn't find an angle that I was comfortable with. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, that means you're getting fat, <laughs> right? I, I, I guessed my weight. I guessed my weight. I thought I was 98 kilos. I guessed it. I was 97.8. And going into Christmas week, wow, that's not a good thing. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a good <laughs> thing. So since yesterday, I, I, I committed it. I put a video out there and said, this is where I'm at. I'm going to end up getting myself down three pounds between now and Christmas Eve put three pound back on so i'm more mindful sean than ever before that is so crucial that me as a if you think about if you had a computer that you're working on or your iphone you know you or your, your car you go and get it serviced or mot yeah with your your pc the virus checkers on it and make sure it's defragged yet yeah, don't do that with ourselves we never mot ourselves ever and that's what i'm about now so more than ever before i realized that actually in order for me to be a, a family success in order for me to be a business success i need to be a health success well you're going to have to get either get down this way or we'll meet up and i'll put you for a session as well perhaps in the new year no 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 you stop that sean, sean let me explain something i've got a friend of mine i've got professional bodybuilders that want to support uh, me in terms of my uh, training honestly I'm not up for it, and, I, and I'm being really honest about it. 
I'm being really honest. See, this is the thing. We end up agreeing to stuff that we don't want to do. We end up falling into a life that we don't want. Mm. Now, I'm now at that age and that stage in my life where I won't do anything that I don't want to do. So I'm being really honest. So rather than waste your time and say, yeah, that sounds really interesting, Sean, we should get together. <laughs> no, but, you, no, but Sean, how many people would be honest with you and say, you know, that they're never going to do it? So I know that what I'm at right now is I'm never going to be as fit as you, ever. Right? That's not what I'm about. But what I am going to do is ensure that I've got a level of health which is um, acceptable for a 43-year-old. And that's where I'm at. And that's really the best outlook. If, uh, um, again, not blowing smoke up your ass, but if... if a lot of uh, people I come into contact with would re- yep. reframe and, and view that, hey, as long as I can maintain my health uh, and I'm not chasing some goal, you know, yep. I'm in my 40s and I want to chase the goal of when I was 20 and I was in I'm that swimsuit, <laughs> etc. Actually, talking, yep. talking about this staying fit and healthy and in relation to changing your goals or not not goals sorry the the um the value uh hierarchy so to speak Mm -hmm. of health business family um like i said reading last night in in life business just got easier there was a good story or a good analogy you used of uh, a play on words perhaps sick success Success. I don't know if you remember. No, success, yeah. Good, good God. You're coming back to 2013 now, Sean. My brain's having to work here. Um, yeah, that's what I ended up with. I was focused on success. I ended up with success. I was ill. You know, I was overweight and uh, I mentally shot to pieces, but I had a multi-million pound business. I mean, that's not a win. No, it isn't. Is that yeah. A win? yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Very ironic, isn't it? Very ironic. And actually, you, you've... Well, you know... Sorry, carry on. Go on, no, go, Sean, go. I was, I was just going to say you, you've, you've become more mindful, which leads me into a lovely segue here. Have you tried? I know what, perhaps know what the answer is, given that you're from Manchester, but I'm not going to make assumptions. Have you tried yoga? Oh, and, and and do you, do you do med, med any meditation? Oh, you know, no. Have you find any? I, I, I don't. Any, no, I, I don't do any of that. But that's not to say that I, I, I. I you know, that disrespect to, or don't believe there's merit in it, because I actually do. But my idea of meditation is playing PlayStation 4, if I'm really honest. <laughs> Fair Shooting enough. people. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like 1993 outside the Hacienda again, isn't it, John? <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's what I'm about, is that actually that's my meditation, that's my church, playing computer games. I, I, you know, I'm not being facetious or throwing it or throw away there. Um, but I reckon, I honestly reckon that I'm moving into an area of my life where that may well become... A, um, a thing. I've got a friend of mine who's hyper successful, not the one who's two out of ten, but another one, and he um, he, he swears by meditation, and he's no uh, angel. I'll tell you that for nothing. And uh, he swears by meditation in terms of um, being able to get his, his mind back and, and realigned. So it's 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 not on the table right now, uh, but it's not off the table either for future. Believe it or not, Brad, you already do mindfulness. I'll tell you for why. Um, I did have well, a look at one of your. Um, posts on on Instagram, and the sheer fact of you, and something what you said just earlier in this in this interview about walking and taking a bit more appreciation of of your surroundings, right. etc. Right. That's mindfulness. It's just right. un, it's just unfortunate that mindfulness has uh, has been bracketed into this. Right, you need to sit in the corner with your legs crossed and yeah, yeah. and stare at your navel. Yeah, just 
exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But being mindful is as simple as I'm no expert myself, and and this is something right. I've I've found over the last few years myself is you know is is taking those walks and some people find it through going for long runs but uh you know getting out in in nature uh, and that's a it ticks several boxes this is me on my soapbox now but it, it, it ticks several it ticks several boxes of uh, good for the soul being able to go for it going for a good walk with whether it's on your own or with family and just appreciating the the outdoors um that, so, that's I, mindfulness. I completely get that. Completely get that. And, and it's funny because um, I, I did it yesterday, and I did uh, five thousand steps with my step car. You know, and it's just yeah, walk the dog. And I, I get it. I get it more than ever before. Now, if you did, you know, coming from this guy, the farmer me from Manchester, that, 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 that makes no sense walking and, and trees and things like that. You know, but yeah, I get it. Skimming pebbles is a referred to as, a, as a, that's my. Uh, Walking the dog lol type yeah. thing, going with kids and skimming pebbles. We got a five the other day, they could only get three. Now, next question any, any daily habits? Okay, I, I know you just said about walking the dog, but any daily habits or, or routines that you've found work for you? I mean, this is something that's yeah. um, a guy, uh, Tim Ferriss, is uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but he's. He, he, he goes on a lot about, um, but not for everybody, but... What, what, what for me there, Sean, uh, routines is, is, is social media. And I think that's some way or form uh, a way for uh, unloading my busy, busy brain. So my me tweeting, I've just walked the dog lol, or I've just had a cheese sandwich lol, then actually people go, well, that's not very you know, professional. Well, actually, yes, it is, because all of a sudden you now get into a dialogue. Where people people say, uh, "What do you prefer, mild or strong cheese?" You know, or, 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 I'm serious. And now you've now, now you've got some affinity because you're talking about Tyson the Labradoodle and how how strange it is that a guy who looks like a drug dealer has got a Labradoodle called Tyson. You know, and it's and that's the bit. So social media is my my thing completely. It has moved from Twitter. Funny enough, it's an interesting one. This about goals. I um, got a blue tick on Twitter, and then like instantly, my interest of that blue tick fell away. Uh, of Twitter, like, right. what's that about? I mean, I've done. Uh, there's, there's only one account that I've ever seen on Twitter that has done more tweets than me, and that's help uh, Xbox Help Desk. <laughs> Three hundred thousand tweets uh, manually, so no auto tweeting that. Three hundred thousand. I've just walked the dog lol. You know. Um, so, so routine wise, uh, is, is social media primarily? I'd say, but also speaking to people. I love speaking to people. I love it. You know, I'm a social animal. I, I get off on speaking to people and making stuff happen. Now, now in the show notes, or, or um, oh, let's scrub that. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that the show notes or the information uh, available for, which I'll put on my website on how folk can get in contact with, with you. So obviously social media, but in, yeah. in general, where, where your website yeah, or, or, you know, or Instagram. This, this, new, this new book of mine, this, you go to Brad Burton dot biz forward slash now what because i've got myself a new seminar which is really a two hour se- sorry four hour seminar over in um over in birmingham on the 25th of january called the now what seminar which is all these teachings from the book within there but in terms of getting hold of me in terms of getting hold of me just go to google brad burton i'd love to hear back from you in terms of social media but i am on facebook 
um, Facebook and Twitter. But however you get hold of me, I will respond. I respond to every single individual. But you know, primarily, I would say if you are interested in following what I'm about, do Google me or do not check out Amazon uh, and look at my books. I'm the highest rated and reviewed author, uh, five star uh, British author on Amazon. Yeah. I'll certainly, I'll certainly be looking at that, the new book. Um, just a couple of extra questions if you've got time, Brad. Go for it. Um, just, just quickly tell us a little bit more about the, about the new book. Um, you know, I, 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 it's on my Christmas list, but uh, what, what 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 can folk expect? Or, or you know, or even if you do in chrono- chronological order, the other books. Um, you know, yeah. what would you recommend? So I've. For, for all these books work independently, completely. So my first one was called Get Off Your Ass, which was all about what it's like to start a business off, and all the self-doubt and the, the, the whingy and wife in my case, the no money, the having to send checks off without putting a signature on it, all that sort of market trade, the managing director, that whole... Um, I'm the, the, the only person who's ever really captured the reality of what it's like. Um, to be starting a business off. So that's what Get Off Your Arse is about. Get Off Your Arse 2 was more about a transition from me realising that maybe, just maybe, I've got a positive inspirational message and it's how my background uh, and the things that have happened in my life can help other people. Then Life Business Just Got Easier was the, the book about when I thought I'd made it from a financial perspective I had. Um, put your yeah, shot to bits and I'm thinking oh, well, hang about, that's not right oh, does this work I'm supposed to be successful now yeah I didn't feel it um, and uh, life business sorry and then now what which is this whole one which is like somebody described it the other day it's a bit like the force awakens in my books <laughs> it's just you know it's, it's, it's a revisit of all those books there but written in a different manner with this new thinking and how you do it today um, but now what it's, a, it's an interesting one in that one of the guys the guy who founded Costa Costa Express uh, Scott Martin said it's uh, spectacularly direct, honest, and inspirational. You know, when you've got people like that, or Gary Turner, the UK managing director of Zero, said, Brad, sometimes the brutal ability to refocus your head on what's important in life and business. And when you've got the Times turning around and saying, um, behind the bluff exterior is a, is a shrewd business brain. You know, when these guys are referring to me, and bear in mind, I've got I don't have a single qualification to be named, not one. You know, I was brought up in the council estates in Manchester. My dad left when I was six months old. Um, and that's what I was saying. I was delivering pizzas 12 years ago. You know, what's your excuse? Yeah. What is your excuse? Because we tell ourselves an excuse. We always give ourselves a story that actually why we can't succeed is because of. And I'm telling you something. This is the thing. This is what now what's about. It's, it's about not walking past the opportunities that you see. Because opportunities that, um, that I have in my life now would have been there all the way up until the point I was 31 years old. But for whatever reason, I just walked past them. Or I played in my head that I'm a northern monkey. I was never going to amount to anything. And consequently, guess what? I stayed, you know, in that position where I was never going to amount to anything. And that's what it's about now, what it's about seeing the opportunity. Now, here's the thing. Every single decision that your audience has ever made in their life that's brought them to this point, this point where they're listening to my words, now they can either think, okay, this guy's trying to sell me a 13-quid book here. Or maybe, just maybe, as is the case, that this is a decision that you've got to make. Not only a decision to say, okay, yeah, I want to buy it, but also a decision to read it. And this is the answer that is in front of you right now is just there. And I had a guy say to me, I spoke the other week, and he said, I'm at a now what situation in my life, and for the last seven weeks I've not really known what to do with it. What do you recommend? And I said, I recommend you buy the book now what, which is right in front of you. <laughs> and I said, do you see? I said, do you not see? You've just said to me that for the last seven weeks you've spent seven weeks in turmoil with a decision that you can't reconcile. I'm here, been speaking for the last hour. I've got a book called Now What?, you're asking me what the answer is. I'm saying it's that. Now, you can be either cynical and say, well, okay, this guy's trying to sell me a book, which, yes, I am. 
right? Or maybe, just maybe, that all the stars have aligned so that this guy presented himself today, and that's what now it's about. It's about no longer walking past the opportunity. The opportunities that are there in your daily life, day in, day out, but the difference is we walk past them or we don't believe it's for us. And that's what it's about. Because if you look at me, a guy who, once again, 25 grand in debt, no qualifications to be named, dad left when I was six months old, my mum brought me up, council state background, I got shot at when I was uh, 21 years old and got two bullets through my window, I went away. I've done four years in the door, I've been depressed, I've been addicted to drugs twice. I lived in a council uh, a masonette. You know, I was near bankruptcy. And yet, I now run a multi-million pound business, I'm now the highest rated business author, and now the business... So what is your excuse? So fundamentally, here's the thing. My ingredients have always been the same. A little bit woe, a little bit way, a risk taker, good bit of patter, charismatic, and this kind of stuff. The only thing that's changed in the last 10 years is my recipe. So if you think about it, that you have all the ingredients that you need to be a success. You've just not got a recipe where it needs to be. And the only way that you're going to get your recipe to where it needs to be is by... Uh, by making decisions, good ones and bad ones. And your success or failure in your life will be defined by your decisions, good ones and bad ones. And I've made some fucking howlers in my life, but I wouldn't change a thing because here's the thing, a mistake is only a mistake after the event. Up until that point, it's the correct decision. No one, including me, wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to go and fuck up today. But occasionally I do. But as I said, your success or failure is going to be defined by your ability to make decisions. So I'm asking a question right now, now what? I know you can answer that. Brad Burton, you've answered my last question, really. I was going to say any takeaway messages for the listeners, but uh, I think that pretty much pretty much sums it up of what they can do right now or what they Talk can to do tomorrow. Um, right. But you know something, Sean? I always ask this question, why wait? Why wait? Ask that question right now. Why wait? Well, see, my wife... Before, for me to start my business off, she wanted me to get three months' worth of money. Mate, that would have took me three years to do. And then what happens if the alternator on the car goes or the boiler blows up? So now I've only got one and a half months' worth of money, right? I've never starved to death, not once. It's been fucking close, right? I've lived on Tesco's beans and Aldi waffles, right? Not a problem. But that's fine. Because actually, I needed to do that. As I said, it's not, it's not about the short term. It's about the medium and long term. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm focused on the medium and long term. Brad Burton, thank you very much. And there we have it. Thanks for listening and hope you found something useful to think on. If you want to hook up with Brad, you'll find him on all the social medias. For Twitter, at Brad Burton. That's capital B for Brad and a capital B Burton, all one word. Similar with Facebook, but it's the Brad Burton. Instagram, it's at Brad Burton. Uh, failing that, go out and get the book, uh, Now What? I've bought it, I just need to read it. And uh, failing that, you can also go on the website, bradburton.biz. That's bradburton.biz. Once again, thank you for listening. And if you want to hook up with me, check me out on www.seannewton.co.uk. I'm also on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Um, more podcasts to come. Thanks again. Take care.